Welcome back to Chit Talk, where we talk about really good shit. My name is Annika. And my name is Rithu. Follow us on our socials, here to Chit Talk and Instagram for sneak previews, audio clips, and more. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Chit Talk. If you're feeling overwhelmed by the current news, please feel free to skip this episode. We'll be discussing COVID-19 and the current political situation in the United States. So we just want to be mindful of our audience and make sure that you're comfortable with the topics of discussion before we dive in. Some of you may notice as you listen in to Panic at the Pandemic Part 3 that the information is a bit outdated. That's because it was recorded almost six months ago, and obviously a lot has changed since then. I'm happy to say that many people in Vancouver, Annika and myself included, are double vaccinated. COVID numbers are slowly dropping and things are opening back up again. So please enjoy us taking a stab at what we thought the future held for us. It's looking brighter already. All right, let's get into it. Hi, Annika. Hello, Rithu. <laughs> How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm feeling great. It's a new year. Um, but so much has happened in the past year. <laughs> in the past year, meaning like the last two weeks or like 2020. <laughs> I feel like so much has happened in the past two weeks. We're barely into week two of 2021. I think we need to have a recap of something of like everything okay, that's happened right. so far. Okay, you kick it off. Okay, so I think the very first thing that happened were the dancing robots from Boston Dynamics. <laughs> okay, I have no idea what that is. What really? is that? Okay, yeah, so that? Boston Dynamics, like you probably know them, um, very well-known um, robotics company and organization. Mm-hmm. Um, they post this YouTube video of all of their robots dancing. And I had this like huge debate with Ivor and we were just debating whether it was CGI or if it was real. And I was like yelling at him like, no, 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 like look at the <laughs> shadows. Like you could see the cameraman in the shadows. He's like, yeah, but anyone could just like add those in you know, post-production. I was like, no, 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 they're definitely real. And I looked into some articles and they were real, but wow. yeah, I'll have to send you the video afterwards. It's yeah, you awful. have to, because I have not seen this yet. Aside from that, um, we all kind of saw this coming. I mean, like mm-hmm. I saw this coming for a very, very long time, like since it actually happened. Okay. But Kim and Kanye got divorced. You, you saw that from a mile away? That. I did not see I that saw- from a mile away. What? No. What? No. I, I just like, when they got married, I was like, mm. part of me was like, is Kim marrying Kanye for clout? Like, that was my first thought. That was my first thought. And then after they had, like, I watched this one interview. And she looked so, like, uncomfortable and embarrassed. And this was, like, way before he said that he was going to run for president. Like, way, way before. So I I was just like, "Mm, I'm sensing some tension here. So yeah, yeah, I'm not too surprised by that. But you you were surprised by that? I was extremely surprised. I don't know. I mean, I guess... I don't really know with Kim. Like she had a marriage for about 72 hours prior to Kanye. Was so that, was that 72 hours? It was only 72 hours. But yeah, then afterwards I thought that, you know, their marriage took sale with um Kanye West. But I know that he's been battling out some inner demons and such. So maybe that came into play. In other news, Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip got their COVID vaccination. Woo-hoo! which is super exciting. I mean, they're old as hell. So like, oh my God. They're old as hell. Yeah. I mean, good, good that they got a COVID vaccination, but uh, you know, I feel like they're, they're setting a good example for the rest of the UK. Yeah. I just thought that was interesting. I think, what was this about a few days ago? I felt like it was only a few days ago. Was it like last Thursday where Trump went from Twitter, Facebook and other social media platforms yep you know here's here's the hilarious part he was blocked from shopify (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) could you imagine him on shopify just trying to i don't know have a following on there i think i don't know if this is real or not but i think i saw a post where Pornhub also mentioned that he's banned on there as well (laughs) i'm like well thank god like i didn't want to see anything from there anyway Oh my goodness! It was just I yeah, it, I think yeah, I think you're right. It did happen last week around like Thursday, Friday, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah he's been banned on everything and a lot of people are talking about how this violates freedom of speech and I actually got into a discussion with Matthew about it as well mm-hmm. um, because you know freedom of speech is fine and all but if freedom of speech incites violence mm-hmm. it shouldn't be okay right and according to the first amendment that is the it is the case like if it incites violence you will be held liable for the repercussions that come from it so yeah. like with all of these things happening with trump i just wonder like will will he actually be held accountable for anything or will he be like scot free actually that's not even the only thing trump will also be the first president to have been impeached twice, twice. <laughs> yep. which is crazy that is actually crazy yeah. i mean his first <sighs> impeachment didn't really fall th- it didn't, I mean, go, it didn't anywhere. Really go through yeah. just because impeachment takes a really really long time i know that like one other president and bill clinton were meant to be impeached but weren't really impeached just because it's such a long process but and honestly yeah. they were impeached for less yeah <laughs> like 100 oh, you know but to go back to your point about freedom of speech and people questioning him being banned on Twitter, I think there's such a fine line between um, freedom of speech and endorsing, like you mentioned before, violence and terrorism. And I feel like this shouldn't be accepted or should be available to people on Twitter or Facebook and other social media platforms because there is so much misinformation out there. And mm-hmm. Trump is just... I don't know, he's he's just endorsing and you know spreading lies and and saying whatever he thinks is the truth but isn't quite the truth and people are believing that and so I think you know there's such a difference between freedom of speech and spreading this misinformation to other people who who might lean into it. Yeah, you're totally right. Um and I think on a more serious note, um what happened last week was pretty um it was pretty yeah it was pretty fucked up to say the least um we almost had a civil war commence as right-winged extremists marched through the capitol building and um were rioting yeah yeah and what really got me riled up was the fact that there were barely any guards at stand at the capitol building at that time trump didn't you know have them at ready like he did with the right-winged extremists and just to see photos of you know the black lives matter protests where people were just peacefully protesting and then just seeing the images of these crazy lunatics just riding through the capitol building was just astonishing like i was just so i don't know i was speechless i saw a video today of a police officer that was trying to stop the rioters inside the capitol building Mm -hmm. and the rioters were chasing him up the stairs i saw that too and you know what really like piqued my interest it was just a single black cop who was up against all these like hundreds of white crazy americans and it was just like it seemed very odd to me it it just is something like i i saw that and i was looking at matthew and i was like this just doesn't sit right with me like it just seems it just no and like honest honest to god like i just think about you know people keep bringing up like oh five people were killed at Mm. the insurrection at the capitol and i'm like how many fucking people were killed at Black Lives Matter protests, no. how many people were injured? And those were all protests in this in the like namesake of Black Lives Matter, like Absolutely. against white supremacists and racists. And like here we are, not even four or five months from the height of when that was happening. Exactly. And people are storming the Capitol building, which is yeah. crazy. And it's crazy to think that I think there was over seventy-two thousand arrests during the what? BLM protests however not a single arrest happened within the capitol building but now you know the fbi is coming back and they're going through all the photos of you know these people you know making a mockery of the situation within the capitol building and you know how people were taking photos of themselves in there and taking selfies with the police so well they're making a mockery of the government right exactly but only now are the fbi and police getting into arresting people and finding these people and um holding them accountable for their actions and what they did it was it was astonishing to actually watch that because i felt like i was in a dystopian film i don't know about oh, you but like 
Yeah, I it felt almost seemed like, like the purge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Crazy. And I was just like, what is actually going on? Yeah, and I could, I don't know about you, but I could barely pay attention to work that day. It was just, I had the news up on one screen and then I was trying to work on the other. It was just, I don't know, it was mind boggling to think about that that's just happening just south of us, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. With that being said, that was that a pretty good said. recap of the last two weeks. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it feels like another year's just gone by. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Uh it's it's just uh just wanted to put things into perspective because we're talking about COVID today. Mm-hmm. But uh the previously the biggest pandemic that was to ever have struck humanity was the influenza pandemic of 1918, which was like mm-hmm. this also known as the Spanish flu. It resulted in roughly like a hundred million people dead which was 5% of the world's population. If we were to consider that in today's numbers, that would be 390 million people that would have been killed by the coronavirus. That's insane. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We got to get this shit under control. (laughs) I want to know back then, what were their rules and regulations of keeping it under control and, you know, trying to flatten the curve, I guess? Honestly, they probably didn't. That would be something I'd have to look into. But I'm probably, I'm positive they probably that they didn't. Had, yeah, they didn't. They oh, probably no. didn't understand how the virus was like transmitted or like. I think they were looking for a solution, like right. a fix to the problem. But I'm sure that they didn't know how to contain it. Right. Nor did they care about it, to be honest. Or could like certain people couldn't even afford to, right? Right. Wow, that's astonishing. Yeah. So to keep things in perspective, that's how bad it was. No, that's true. And I was just looking at a social media post just yesterday. I think it was on Instagram, but they were just saying how, like, if this pandemic was um, happening in the early 2000s, like, can you imagine if all of us just had our Nokia phones and we were just playing Snake on there forever? (laughs) Totally different scenario. Oh, that would be nightmare. I know. But I mean, thinking back to just the amount of technology that we have right now as compared to what we had back then in the early 2000s, like I think we have it pretty easy right now. Yeah, we really do. I think this is a great transition to actually talk about the last episode that we recorded. So we did Panic at the Pandemic Part 2, which was actually a look forward, but now it's a year later. So this morning, I actually listened to our episode, and there are so many different things that we talked about that I don't think we had any grasp of what it would look like a no, year later, even though not at all. we... Like, even though we imagined what it could possibly have been like, mm-hmm. but I don't think we had any clue. We talked about people abusing the privileges of the BC restart plan. And like, we had no idea how bad that would get. Yeah. Because like, we mentioned Kitts Beach, like in passing, when we were when we were addressing that. Mm -hmm. But since then, we've had Halloween. And Halloween in Vancouver, if you guys did not see was an absolute shit show. It was beyond Mm -hmm comprehension because I think it was busier than any regular Halloween that I've seen on the Granville Strip. It was just complete idiocy just to see all these videos and photos of hundreds and hundreds of people without masks on in the middle of the Granville Street. Just, I don't know. And the police were around that area, but they were like, they were also nervous and anxious about like going into the crowds as well because there were so many people there. It was just, yeah. I don't know, it was a very strange sight to see. And obviously I got very upset because a lot of us have to make sacrifices and not see our family again and not see friends. And, you know, some of us have to live alone too. So it's just mm-hmm. seeing these people just make these selfish choices just really hurt my heart. And yeah, especially when we're doing our best. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So uh, also amongst the other things that we said, we also talked about going back into the office early. Have you gone back to the office at all? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. Um, I do go to the office from time to time when I really need to, like when I'm picking up mail or like hard drives. But what I do from time to time as well is, um, I think I mentioned this on part two, but we have these things called donut dates. 
um, on Slack where Slack would just match us up to a random coworker and then we would either have a virtual coffee date or we'll have it in person. And so sometimes if people are, are coming to, into the office, we would set up like an in-person but socially distant donut date. And so I, you know, I got the chance to see some people from work, but at a safe social socially distant um, outdoor space. So yeah, I mean, I don't really go into the office, but it is kind of nice to see people in person from work from time to time every now and then. That's awesome. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I've gone to the office like maybe a handful of times, I'd say. I Annika knows this. I pretty much used to work across the street from where she lived. So it was within walking distance for me. And I'm actually the closest person to that office. So uh, I would go in and just be there and I would have the entire office to myself. So I mean, (laughs) if I wanted to get some work done, it was actually ideal and Mm -hmm. a nice space for me to be in to get some work done. But, But since then, I have switched jobs. So I actually had my first day of work today, which is really exciting for a new company. And they're they're based in LA, but everyone is completely remote all the time. So that means that I'm remote forever, which is such a weird concept to to think uh, about. Yeah, and to yeah. grasp. Yeah, because like I think a lot of people that work from the office are like, oh, I'll go back someday, like eventually, like we'll mm-hmm. go back to the office. And I'm like, I don't have an office to go to. <laughs> <laughs> I think in ways that would make, you know, the company's life a little bit easier because they don't have to pay for rental spots for offices in Vancouver if they're based in LA, right? So I think this is definitely very, um, very ideal for a lot of, you know, new startups or companies are trying to grow in other places. Like we just hired a new person um, who's currently in Dubai. And so we don't have any offices in Dubai. We only have our main office here in Vancouver. But um yeah, we have one person in Dubai and we have a project there as well. So it's just nice to have that person be in touch with the people and clients over there. But it's, yeah, it's just, I think this is going to be a very normal thing. Um, yeah. I mean, it already is right now. But um, yeah. yeah, I think just companies expanding and networking out to different areas, but having that remote is going to be huge. I think I think companies now no longer have an excuse to say, Oh, you have to be in the office all the time. Yeah. I think that that was a that was an excuse a lot of companies used to give mm-hmm. to people that wanted to work from home or had an uh, I guess like inflexible schedule because of children or because of uh taking care of other family members or anything like that, but now like seeing that literally every company can do a work from home makes mm-hmm. me think that post COVID nobody can say you're not allowed to work from home anymore. Like they yeah. have no excuse. You know yeah. what I mean? I do feel like the parents, um, well, my coworkers who are parents to young children, I think they are missing going back into the office though, so they can separate work from home. Yes, totally. Um, and I feel yeah. like the I feel like the dynamic in the workroom can be a little bit more efficient at times rather than having, you know, back-to-back meetings all the time. So like, yeah. you know, being in the in a meeting room and whiteboarding, like having a whiteboarding sesh or like um like having a breakout rooms and stuff like on, on zoom that's very different I feel um yeah because I feel like you can be a little bit more productive when you're in person and like you know gauging their energy gauging like you know what they're yeah. thinking what they're saying while you know over zoom you can have like technical difficulties or you know totally. you might not put your point across as well as you might have in person yeah I mean I I had a couple of co-workers that obviously do have children and um I think that they do miss having that working in the office dynamic because Mm -hmm. they they want to they can't necessarily get things done as efficiently as they would like because they are distracted or you know they have to attend to their child or they have to go and run an errand or something it's not just parents um so it it's a it's a struggle but I think that there needs to be a way for people to have the freedom to work from home whenever they would choose, but also come into an office space to actually meet with and collaborate with the rest of the team. So yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. I think in the future, it's never going to be like one or the other. I think there is going to be some sort of hybrid between the two of like having an office space remotely or, you know, having an office that's going to be there 
you know, all year round, but then all the, um, also having the flexibility of working from home and having your own schedule, but then coming into the office when necessary. And if there's anything urgent, like for meetings and such, but yeah, I think going forward, there will be um, a hybrid between the two. I think yeah. next up, we discuss schooling. So I actually went through schooling. Um, we, we touched a little bit about what it would be mm-hmm. like for people, our university friends going back to school, as well as like my cousin who was in high school. She's still in high school. Um, and just talking about what that would look like going forward. And I think that for me, despite everything having been moved online, because I think I said, oh, come September, we'll see what happens. Everything Mm -hmm. was still all online, which sucked Mm -hmm. um, because I was doing a project management certification. So, you know, it's a very teamwork, collaborative environment. um, And especially in a boot camp setting, it's like very intense. So normally this is all done in person, but it actually really kind of brought hope to me again. I met so many incredible, hardworking people in a collaborative space that was willing to put in the work, even even it being completely remote and online. Mm-hmm. And I just think that like, if you put your mind to it, you can make it happen. It sucks not being able to see yeah. people or my team. Like I worked with my team for four months and wow. I have not met a single one of them in person, right? Normally I would have been able to. And I I mentioned to them like, hey, in the new year when like things settle down, when we're not in lockdown anymore because we were supposed to be in lockdown until I think January 8th. Um, I was like, hey, we should go grab dinner or something. That's and so nice. everyone was like, yeah, we should yeah. because we, we've been through hell and back, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, working on a team project for almost four months. Mm-hmm. So that's really um, nice that you're, you're still staying in touch with them and still wanting to like, you know, re reconnect with them and, and get to know them better despite not, um, seeing them in person or just, you know, getting to know them virtually. But I was just wondering, like, I, I know a lot of people don't have the same mentality as that. And I was just wondering, would your dynamic with those people, would that be enhanced a little bit more, do you think, if you were to meet them in person and if this virtual schooling wasn't an issue? I think that we would have bonded a lot more. Mm. Like not saying that we didn't bond um, like while over Zoom and like all of the different meetings. I feel like it would have been more fun than it it was. Right. Um, I enjoyed all the time that we spent. I enjoyed our interactions and like all the fun that we had as a team. Mm. I just feel like it could have been more, more engaging and more enjoyable. Um, maybe like you mentioned earlier, like having all those energies in a room could have possibly, you know, brought something a bit more creative out of us, a mm-hmm. bit more interesting out of us. Because I think I think you're right in the fact that energies are like tangible. They're very like visceral, like they mm-hmm. exist and they bounce off of each other and really build something. So I think that having everyone in the same room we could have gotten things done faster better but we had to do what we needed to do in the circumstances that we were put in right yeah I I think so too and I can definitely see that as well with um, my current work situation how it's you know when I get to work from home I'm on meetings with maybe like four five six other people and I feel like that gets a little bit tough at times when there's more people like, you know, when there's more cooks in the kitchen and there's like so many people that want to say what they're doing and, you know, give updates and feedbacks and stuff. And then, you know, when you have to like try to jump in to like give your points, I feel like that gets a little bit tough at times because like, I feel like it's more natural and it comes more, I don't know, it's, it flows a little bit more naturally when you're doing it in person where, you know, you're, um, tagging off of someone else's ideas or points. And that's a little bit different over Zoom, I feel, just because it's um, it's a little bit more unnatural and it's more like, I don't know. Like it no, needs I'm, to have, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I do. I'm totally with you. Like you I to force it out a little bit more or like it just doesn't seem as as fluid as it would in person. Yeah. I I think that, I think that people 
I, I want to say that people are like maybe a little bit more shy, like online. <laughs> um, like, like it, I felt that too. Like they, they didn't necessarily feel like the motivation to, they're like, oh, this is just a meeting. Like it's just mm-hmm. a, a Zoom meeting or whatever. Yeah. Like we'll get it done later eventually. Mm-hmm. And like, there's no sense of urgency right. um, or like excitement. And I think that, um, yeah, I think, yeah, I get where you're coming from. And I think on our last point from our part two of Panic at the Pandemic, we discussed dating apps and how that's surging during COVID. Well, I don't think I have a lot to add in this department. <laughs> so, Prithu, please take it away. <laughs> um, so, okay. What are your experiences? Um, like, how have your experiences been in 2020? Um, so 2020 was just, you know, it was just one of those things where like, as much as people were on dating apps and mm-hmm. like people were quote unquote dating or like texting or whatever it is the kids do these days, kids being myself included. <laughs> um, but I feel like not a lot of people were doing a lot of dating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like a lot of people, myself included over time, um, felt like it was much easier to just not talk to anyone and be alone Mm -hmm. rather than spend all of their time on dating apps. Um, I think it got to the point where it was like dating app overload. Um, And because we're in and out of lockdowns, like when is the right time to meet up with someone, right? Like I swear to you, there was a guy that I was talking to at the beginning of lockdown, like in March, and we still haven't met. It just like never happened. And so I just think that a lot of people hop on there to like get the validation that they crave or like right. the attention that they crave yeah. and then don't do anything about it. And it's not really fruitful. And yeah. a lot of my inner slash self-work this year has made me realize that like I don't need to crave attention or validation from anyone to feel secure mm-hmm. in myself. And the fact is, is that like, even though it's fun to talk to a person, a guy or whatever it may be, um, it doesn't, it doesn't mean much if it doesn't go anywhere or if it like, there's no task at hand being accomplished. Like if I'm just talking for the sake of talking, I feel like I'm putting in unnecessary work where I don't need to be. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That totally makes sense. I think from what we had assumed before with the sudden surge of dating apps, I almost feel like there is a dating app fatigue now just because, like you mm. mentioned before, everyone's just going on there for self-validation. But, you know, even though we have this, um, you know, sense of isolation right now, you know, being alone in in this pandemic or like if we're like living alone, I don't feel like people are truly like meeting up with other people as well, because there is that sense of anxiety of, you know, who has this person met, you know, who has yeah. he been around? Who has he like seen the past few days? Like, I think there's still that type of, um, that sense anxiety. of like anxiety and uncertainty of that person. But yeah, I don't know. I can't speak for all. I can't generalize either. So I think this might be for like some people, but I think there is definitely a dating app fatigue right now that's happening. And I I know a few friends who have actually started relationships this past year in 2020. Interesting. And they met through dating apps. So maybe it's either a dating app fatigue or be people actually enjoying being by themselves like yourself or see actually worried maybe they're worried about like being alone during the pandemic and you know trying just struggling to dwell in their in their emotions so they want to keep someone around or maybe they're just generally in love with the person and they just like their company but I don't know I don't really know what to think and I don't think we'll even really know the repercussions of that until things start getting back to normal But even before we get back to normal, we need to talk about what's happening right now. Yes, ma'am. So, so many different things are happening. Um, Mm -hmm. But one of the one of the things that we addressed in in the in the panic at the pandemic that's like currently affecting us right now is travel. Mm -hmm. So 
yeah, we definitely discussed the ways in which the world will, you know, adapt and overcome the lack of tourism and traveling. And so I found on a CNBC article that with air travel taking a massive decline during the pandemic, Singapore's Changi Airport has reinvented itself as a, you know, a local attraction for its residences and to keep their visitors engaged until life returns to normal. So Jewel, the new airport slash entertainment complex um, and home to the world's largest indoor waterfall because Singapore is that extra. So I, I don't know. <laughs> I still um, want to go. It, it is really pretty, though. <laughs> it's gorgeous. You'll have to go there sometime. So Jewel has been taking bookings for glamping and um, allowing people to race around their go-kart tracks and taking topiary walks in the sky canopy nets as well so singapore has encouraged staycations on star cruises and airplanes um, as well as their own hotels and um, entertainment complexes to allow locals to enjoy the experiences of traveling um, even though they're not really going anywhere so they're just replicating the elements of like either flying or sailing at sea with star cruises and these airplanes without actually going anywhere that's super, super cool and like yeah. very innovative because like, you know, not only did they figure out a way to bring in revenue, mm -hmm. they also are thinking of like creative, innovative ways to actually make people feel happier mm -hmm. um, and more content. Um, actually, jumping off of your point about staycations, um, it's been listed as like a trending thing I think a lot of us have okay. been trying to do it too as well right uh, I think you went to Tofino a couple of times didn't you or like to I did, did you yeah to I went yeah. to Tofino once this past um this past summer and then I also went to Victoria so both local yeah. destinations in BC yeah, exactly. And so because of lockdowns and travel restrictions, I think it's like an easy way to take a break without traveling too far. And I think I think I read the statistic on Financial Express and it was saying that roughly 15% of average household income actually goes towards vacation. So, okay. you know, all of that money is just either, I guess, either being saved or being spent on staycations. So, you know, mm -hmm. people that are normally like corporate guests or whatever at hotels, um, they're now people that are leisure guests that are local or, you know, people going up to Whistler just for a weekend or something like that. Or Except you we know, can't going... really do that anymore because of Bonnie Henry's new restrictions. So that's right. That's right. <laughs> No but, you know, yeah, prior to prior to the new restrictions, yeah. um, that was something that people were doing. I think that that's something that a lot of us was like we're aiming to do was mm -hmm. to get that feel of like going somewhere without actually going somewhere because we were going stir crazy, like just being stuck yeah. <laughs> in BC. And like you normally travel, I normally travel. This is the mm -hmm. first time you haven't traveled or like seen your parents like for the vacation season, right? Yeah. Um, so this is my first year without seeing my parents for um, Christmas. And usually every year I get to see them one way or another. So they usually come up to Vancouver or I travel down to Singapore or we like meet up halfway in Hawaii or someplace close by. So it's um not too far for either of us. But yeah, this year is our is my first year in my 25 years of living on this earth <laughs> where I didn't get to see my parents for Christmas. So yeah, I mean it was it was nice because I got to spend it with my partner and his um partner. Yeah. It was like <laughs> <work> <laughs> coming up now, my partner and his family, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was bittersweet. It was really nice to spend time with them. It was like a definitely like a new Christmas. Oh, definitely felt a little bit different, but it was it was still nice to spend it with um with his family and with him, regardless of the situation. I mean, I don't really I'm not really looking for ways to travel at the moment, but I think for Ivor and I, we're trying to get out in nature as much as possible, despite mm -hmm. the um, travel restrictions. So whether that's skiing in Mount Seymour or, you know, trying to go out for like little walks here and there. Like we went to UBC recently and I haven't been back nice. there for like three years. So I haven't been there in forever. <laughs> yeah. You need to go back and like take a stroll around Main Mall. There have been so many changes since. I honestly probably there. not recognize anything. <laughs> No, I think you'll recognize most of it. But I think the part that's come up as like a, a huge change to me was um, just the area behind the new sub. And so they have okay. more um, more 
um, shops and more um, restaurants there. So that was definitely neat to me. But yeah, I think just finding ways to get outside and move a little and to exercise and yeah, just to be with nature, just to have an ease to to your mind and just to have some like mindfulness despite everything that's going on on the news and with COVID and work. So I can't wait to eventually be able to go traveling again, though. Not Girl, gonna lie. same. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> But in order for us to actually be able to travel, we need to actually get vaccinated. Am I right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, there are a couple of different things that are going on in terms of like the vaccines and like COVID policies. Obviously, we touched a little bit on um, the restrictions that were being put in place by Bonnie Henry. Mm -hmm. But some of the other things uh, that are happening right now are new strains of COVID, um, the actual implementation of vaccines Mm -hmm. and the rollout of how it's happening. Um, And then the idea of herd immunity, which like I actually didn't really know too much about until Mm -hmm. I listened to this one episode of another podcast called Stuff You Should Know. And it goes into great detail about herd immunity. Yeah. So I feel like herd immunity has a pretty large misconception and um, Sweden really tried to use herd immunity to reduce the amount of COVID rates um, in 2020. And so Sweden was very laxed in not having their country's residences um, in strict lockdowns. They didn't lock down any of the restaurants and bars and such. So they just, they were very relaxed with how they handled things. And um, I think uh, the king of Sweden had to step in and tell the government that they're doing an awful job at um, <laughs> keeping it on the DL and keeping it, you know, keeping the rates down of um, of COVID nineteen. So, yeah, it was it was quite it was quite funny to see the king like step in and tell the government that they're doing a terrible job at this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so herd immunity or community immunity, defined by WebMD, is when a large Ooh. portion of the population within a country is immune to a specific disease. So if enough people are resistant to the cause of a disease, such as a virus or a bacteria, it will not increase the overall rate at which it spreads. And therefore, well, it should not increase the amount of people it reaches. So while not everyone may be immune, the group and the herd as a whole is meant to have its protection. And this is because there are supposed to be fewer high-risk people overall, as the infection rates are ideally meant to drop while the disease peters out. Sweden has been doing too well with herd immunity and has been getting a lot of backlash for it on the news. Daily cases in Sweden have topped 7,000 nationwide. The country's top epidemiologist. Oh, sorry. Epidemiologist. Epidemiologist. So um, the country's top epidemiologist has admitted there is little evidence herd immunity is helping combat the coronavirus, according to Bloomberg. So uh, I actually looked into that a little bit further after I read your notes. Thanks, Annika. Um, But um, the WHO actually doesn't think that herd immunity will happen in this next year. Like Mm -hmm. they think that herd immunity will happen after a good majority of vaccinations have been implemented globally. So in order for there to be a herd immunity, it needs to be like everyone, not just like a select, you know, couple of groups of people. Right. Right. And so the three factors that they say come into play when it comes to this, uh, this issue is, um, you know, limited access to vaccines for specific countries, right? Whether or mm-hmm. not they can, like, they can get them right away or they can afford them right away or how much ever they would be actually getting. Um, then skepticism about vaccination, which is crazy in itself. Um, mm-hmm. And the the people that are avoiding getting vaccinated because of their fears or misinformation, as you mentioned earlier about uh, what the vaccine actually contains. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the potential that the virus will actually mutate even further. Um, And that's actually a great segue into the fact that there are multiple strains of COVID, right? Yep. (laughs) So there have been new strains of COVID-19 that have been detected in the UK and there is now a second variant that has been found in South Africa. And so the coronavirus strain from the UK has actually surfaced in Canada, especially Ontario, Alberta, and BC, where we are, and other countries as well, including Singapore. But I feel like COVID herd immunity will not happen in 2021 because maybe 
countries like Sweden have uh, have learned <laughs> their lesson, and you know other countries have learned not to do the exact same thing and follow in their footsteps. But yeah. I don't know. I think that in order for us to actually get to a point of herd immunity, like we all need to be vaccinated, <laughs> like yeah. that that or like a good majority of us need to be mm. vaccinated in order for that to actually happen, right? And so Pfizer and Moderna are the two two companies that are producing the COVID-19 vaccines mm-hmm. and are now implementing them globally. And I think they were reporting to be 90% effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think over like 95%. Okay. I think they were almost like competing on like how efficient their uh, their vaccines are. <laughs> their vaccines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I read an article and I'm a little bit concerned that the current vaccines that we have from Pfizer and Moderna may not cover the new strains of COVID-19 completely. Although they'll have extreme, you know, benefits from the current COVID strain, they might not be able to help the um, the new strains from the UK and South Africa. Yeah, probably not. Um, and actually, one of the one of the things that I remembered uh, reading, like back when coronavirus had just first like broke out, mm-hmm. was the fact that um, they predicted that mutations would happen and that you know COVID would be a much more intense. I hate to say it, but like the common cold, where mm-hmm. like there's no version of the colds that's actually the same. And that's why there's no way that they can really provide a cure for it or a vaccination for it of any kind. Right. So because of those mutations, that's why everyone gets a cold at some point or another throughout the year, throughout their Mm -hmm. life. Um, And there's no way to deal with it except get through it. That's literally how the virus survives, right? Because they survive on just mutating and going from person to person. Both Pfizer and Moderna, like you mentioned before, are reporting more than 90% in its effectiveness. Um, Both shots rely on the messenger RNA that spurs healthy cells to create viral proteins that stimulate a potent immune response. And so, like you mentioned before, in the very start of our podcast, the UK has become the first Western country to approve the COVID-19 vaccine for use. And so now they're being rolled out in many other countries and Canada is securing more than 400 million vaccine doses from multiple manufacturers. And according to CTV sources, three, um, I think it's 38,250 doses have been administered within Canada as of January 7th. Wow. And according to our wallet and data, as of Jan 8th, the cumulative COVID-19 vaccination doses administered in China was 9 million. That's mm-hmm. so fast. I thought I thought it was going to take way longer than that, actually. Yeah. I mean, thinking back now to our very first episode, I think we assumed that this um, getting the vaccines it was just going to be like it was going to take a lot longer than it actually is. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think there's still a lot of people who are a little bit skeptical about the vaccine or what's inside the vaccine because it it took such a short time. And I think yeah. they assumed as well that it was going to take a lot longer than it actually took. So yeah. I think there's a lot of skepticism with um, the vaccine right now. There's one thing I do want to say about those people that are skeptical. Mm-hmm. This is the first time in a very long time that so many people have been affected by a virus. And mm-hmm. it is every country pooling in resources and money to make sure that an answer is found. Yeah. So the likelihood that they get it done in such a short amount of time, in, in the fact that like with money, things can get done. That's just the mm-hmm. way that it always works. And additionally, by the time that vaccines are rolled out to us, to humans, mm-hmm. like they've gone through rigorous testing and mm-hmm. there's before they're publicly rolled out to everyone, they have gone through human testing as well. Mm-hmm. So I understand the skepticism of like being just worried about what's happening with the vaccine but I don't think you have to worry about microchips you guys like I think we're okay <laughs> we don't need to worry about microchips because we already have our phones so that is surveilling everything that we're doing because we've got social media and our phone at our side always so which is a constant gps anyways so exactly And finally, 
I think that we should actually start looking forward just like we did with the last episode. Maybe we can do one a year from now and then we can say Panic at the Pandemic Part 3 two years later. (laughs) (laughs) Version, yeah, version two of Panic at the Pandemic 3. So (laughs) we'll just see how right we are with like some of these predictions and see how far we've come from like actually starting the vaccines and so how how do you think that COVID will impact our future? Like COVID as we know it right now, how do you think it'll affect our future? Yeah, well, I feel like I mentioned before, I I think that companies may favor a hybrid office office situation where employees may either work from home or um, work in the office and, you know, come into work for essential work meetings. So I think there'll be more of a balance between having a home office and an office office. Psychologically wise, I think this might take a while just because there is so much um, anxiety and stress from the uncertainty of just not knowing when you're going to see friends and family again or when things are going to go back to normal or just the uncertainty of like, I don't know, you know, some people aren't fortunate enough to have jobs. So I think that anxiety of trying to find a job during this time has become really difficult for some people. And also this foreboding um, sense of isolation that we have, especially since, I mean, I, I feel that way sometimes just because I live alone. And yeah. sometimes I, you know, I do enjoy spending time alone with myself. You know, I make a bubble bath. I listen to some music. I, I do some journaling and I don't know, I just, you know, do some editing and stuff. But sometimes I do feel like a little bit lonely and I'm like, oh, I could just so go for a drink or like a burger with a friend right now. And yeah. I, I really miss that sometimes. And I think that, you know, this, all this stress and anxiety and uncertainty may still have a lasting impact on all of our mental health. And I think yeah. that this might actually take longer to heal. This might yeah. also have some physiological effects on our bodies too. Um, I was reading this article where, you know, stress and anxiety have such a large impact on our menstrual cycles and yeah. um, hair loss as well. And, you know, gray herring, I'm sure. And, and also body odor. So there's just so much that comes into play with our physiological self and um, just our bodies. And especially with, you know, how well we're taking care of our bodies, because some people are having glow ups and some people are having glow downs. And it's totally fine to have like either of those, right? Everyone's going through this pandemic differently. And, you know, snaps for you if <laughs> if you're able to do home workouts because I I sure as hell know I can't do that I have zero motivation to do that I I think that um actually jumping off of your psychological um you know about how this will affect us psychologically I mentioned this to you when I think I saw you at Granville Island that one time but basically saying that how I feel like I've become very antisocial um, or like, or like feeling very, very introverted. And I wonder how I will act when things are like back to normal. And right. I hope that, and I hope that like, I can actually be my like bubbly, fun, make friends in the bathroom when you're at the club kind of, <laughs> you know, Rithu that yeah. I used to be. And like, I miss, I miss having those like really random like experiences with others and like mm. having the freedom to just go and do whatever I like whenever I like and I think that all in all like now when a friend's like hey do you want to go out and like hang out sometimes I feel like this crushing feeling of like wanting to stay at home um and I think partially it may be like you know it may be fear of you know now that my dad he went through surgery like now it's a fear of like oh I don't want to like affect him or like get him Mm. infected if I'm asymptomatic um and then the other part of me is just like, ah, I, I just am, I'm so exhausted from just existing. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't yeah, want to, I don't yeah. want to leave the house. I'm just so tired all the time. And I think it's that phys- like psychological and physiological drain that we're mm-hmm. all experiencing that's making me feel this way. Absolutely. And I think it might also be the weather as well, just because we are in the middle of the pandemic in the middle of the winter. So I feel like the days, I mean, the days are getting longer which is what we have to look forward to, but still just being at home and just wanting to like curl up with a good book or like watching Netflix and just binge watching a whole TV series. Like I, for some, like there were some days where I just much prefer to do those rather than like, I don't know, having a zoom call with other people. Like, Oh my God, do I have to do my eyebrows for this? Or, you know, it's just, (laughs) it's a little bit tough because I do feel in some ways that I have become more introverted or 
I'm totally okay with just like being alone and being by myself and wanting to stay in yeah. rather than like going out and you know even if it's for like oh, a short walk somewhere and like there are some days where I just feel so demotivated but I think that it's it's definitely you know being in within the pandemic but also being on the northern hemisphere in the middle of a, a winter so yeah that's right but uh what are what are some things obviously I just mentioned that like I learned about my introvertedness but what are some mm-hmm. other things that you learned about yourself or others during this entire pandemic season of mm-hmm. our lives um some things that I learned about well not really about ourselves but just in general just some you know learning things that I I guess I felt more woke about during the coronavirus is that flattening the curve of the coronavirus worked until it didn't. So just because we are bored and tired of the pandemic does not mean that it's over. That's right. And another thing is misinformation can spread like wildfire. So whether it's political news or if it's about the coronavirus or the vaccine, check like check absolutely everything. Like check your news, your sources, um, et cetera. And a thing that I learned about myself during um, the pandemic is just trying to cultivate a sense of creativity and inspiration um, and just trying to invest in myself more, whether it's like self-care or, you know, tuning out and unplugging myself from my phone and, and from my workstation in my, yeah. my home office, or, you know, whether it's something that interests me, like something that gives me a sense of fulfillment, like a hobby. So recently I've rekindled an old hobby of mine which is figure skating so I try to do that like once or twice a week and I feel so happy whenever I go on the ice again and I'm just like like it it almost as corny as it sounds it almost gives me like a sense of purpose I'm like oh my god like I'm back on ice again like I I have so much love for this hobby and it was just so nice to actually like start it up again and um I'm just thankful that skiing rinks are open during this time. Um, that is figure skating and then started a new one like skiing. So, um, yeah, yeah, every now and then I'm trying to do that with Ivor. We're trying to get some other friends to join us whenever we go skiing up in Mount Seymour. But I feel Myself like included. It, yes, yes, please come. It'll be so much fun. I can teach you like I taught him. It's <laughs> it's all good. Like Ivor had no idea how to ski. Um, but it's it's fun because like if you fall, you're falling on snow. So it's not too bad, you know. But yeah, I think if you find a hobby or if you find something that, you know, something where you can be creative, whether it's like painting or um, scrapbooking or, I don't know, editing a a video or something like that, I think this would really help with the pandemic winter blues. And yeah, just learning to enjoy doing things in solitude and taking time to slow down and appreciate the things around me. What about That's you? Awesome. Yeah, well, some of the things that I learned actually jumping on that taking time to slow down and appreciating the things around you. I think that, um, you know, earlier you said like, you know, people have their own journeys, whether they have like a glow up or a glow down. I think I've gone through waves of it. I think what I struggled most with was like motivation. And mm-hmm. um, it actually okay. eventually ended up with me really focusing on this as like what I'm about to say as my focus slash like New Year's resolution was to actually be kinder to myself because I think that I think that a lot of the time you know you and I were very performance driven people we want to be the best of the best and we want to do the best and be the best as much um, as you pronounced perfectionism wrong (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Perfectionism. (laughs) Perfectionist. We're perfectionists. So, you know, we struggle with letting things go and accepting like when we make a mistake to the Mm -hmm. point like, oh, we're human. Like, no, it's like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. Like, how could I have done that? And we just fixate. Right. Mm -hmm. And it sits with us and it like eats away at our mind. And honestly, we don't need that kind of energy in 2021. Like we just no. need to be kinder to ourselves, appreciate everything that goes wrong in for what it is and take that as a learning opportunity and mm-hmm. just like show ourselves like show ourselves some grace. My mo- like my motto is like treat myself the way that I would treat you, the way that I would treat Matthew the way that I treat Alina, like whoever, right? I Mm -hmm. just, I should treat myself with the same amount of kindness and respect that I treat my friends. That's so sweet. I love that. That's 
that is the only thing that will actually get me through the rest of this pandemic (laughs) because being hard on myself is getting me nowhere. Like I'm not getting anything accomplished in, in like, for example, we've talked about this in the let's get physical episode. Like I was very motivated about working out, eating right, going to the gym. Coronavirus literally threw that all out the window. Like it just Mm -hmm. went all out the window. And I was so hard on myself because I would break the habit try to build the habit up again. Mm-hmm. I'd build it for a couple of days and then it would just fall apart because of lack of motivation. Yeah. And then I would be hard on myself and beat myself up and it would just be cyclical. And mm-hmm. it was just getting me nowhere and actually accomplishing what I need to do. So yeah. now I'm trying to see like, what would it be like if I came from a place of love rather than a place of anger or like yeah. disappointment? So just be kind of to yourself. Just that's all I that's all I learned. Um, I learned. I mean, I just got a reminder of all the other lessons I've learned in my life, which is roll with the punches. Mm -hmm. Uh, Things are constantly changing. They're always changing. Um, Learn to let go. (laughs) Learn to let go. Learn to let go. And like, just be ready for everything. Just Mm -hmm. be ready for like, (laughs) Be prepared for like the most unexpected things to happen because they will happen and you just have to be not shocked anymore. (laughs) (laughs) What are um, some tips and tricks to carry forward into the future lockdowns and um, COVID or future pandemic protocols? Um, So this was just a funny one that I wrote, but um, make sure you have lots of toilet paper. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We joked about this, but like, in all seriousness, make sure to have a lot of dry goods and essentials so you don't have to run to the store. I know a lot of people are like, oh, but I can just go to the store as long as I wear a mask and all of that. But like the whole point is that you do distance yourself from people that you are, you know, not really exposing yourself to a lot of people and you're taking care of your space and keeping social distance, physically distance Mm -hmm. as much as you can. So I think don't go to the store or don't go anywhere unless you absolutely have to. Order yeah, things I, online and have them delivered to you if you need to. Yeah, see, I need to start doing that because I feel like a lot of my times I always have my daily walks to the grocery store and I need to stop <laughs> doing that. I just need to stop. Yeah, yeah I, I, I've i done this thing where, at least for myself and Matthew, that I'm like meal prepping every Sunday and Monday. So Smart. I'll go to the grocery store like Saturday, Sunday or Monday and I will grab everything that I need to get and I will not go to the store for the rest of the week and I'll just Mm -hmm. be at home for the good majority of the week go out for walks and stuff um, if I have to if I need to obviously I need to Um, but yeah just avoid going to the store because I just have to be especially careful um, Mm -hmm. with my dad now so yeah. yeah And then finally, this is something I've also been doing is gratitude journals. So uh, every morning I've been waking up, uh, I've been trying to like write down at least at least one thing Mm -hmm. that I'm grateful for or that I'm thankful for in the morning. Um, And, you know, uh, it actually pairs up with me not looking at my phone for the first hour that I'm awake Mm -hmm. um, and doing the gratitude journal instead. And I think that I think that it starts the day off with like with being rather than with just doing or thinking about work or thinking about what to do next. Like your brain's like constantly go, go, go. But it's just like gradually just waking up, being thankful for your existence and everything that you've been given. Um, Mm. And just like moving forward from that point. It's like, it's almost like um, I said that to someone, but like, it's almost like waking up on the right side of the bed and then consciously choosing to wake up on the right side of the bed every morning. Mm-hmm. You know, that's so funny that you um, you wrote that down as like a, a note for tips and tricks to carry forward into future lockdowns, because today um, from my work email, a coworker shared um, guided self-reflection as like an information of the day um, that she shared to the team. And so yeah. she was just sharing ways in which, um, you know, she used to keep diaries as a kid and now she's rediscovered this habit, but obviously in a new format that's been like meshing well with like... Um, her pandemic brain and such where she's been using um journaling as a self uh, as a guided self-reflection so if it's just you know it could be as simple as like two to five minutes a day 
um, where you can just like manage your stress and your worries and and maybe your goals and what you would like to do, like your to-do list as well and what you'd like to achieve in the next few days or weeks. Um, But yeah, I think it has, um, you know, a real, you know, mental therapy benefit um because I think in some ways it could really help you de-stress and just calm you down and just actually think about I don't know just just your worries and it makes it more tangible because you're writing everything down onto a, a piece of paper and it just makes it I mean it makes your goals and and dreams and aspirations like a lot more real but I think if you're trying to put down your worries and and your other thoughts and you know things that you might be overthinking I think making it more tangible it just I don't know, makes it seem a little bit smaller in some ways and so I think it might be able to have a beneficial impact to to people's mental health awesome I think these are super beneficial and I think you should all do them I, I mean not just you but like the collective you everyone that's listening to this podcast um so I guess that's it thanks everyone for listening to this episode this special episode of panic at the pandemic part three and who knows maybe we'll do a panic at the pandemic part 3.2 um a year <laughs> later after that so stay <laughs> <Yeah>. tuned <laughs> all right bye guys bye 